Hello, welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you build stronger relationships, deepen your faith, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back to the program. Today, I feel compelled to talk to you about being prepared by God. I hope you can understand that maybe in every day of your life, certainly as you live the Christian life, God is always preparing you. He is training you, molding you, and making you stronger because there are very important things He needs you to do, work that He is preparing you to do for His cause. I'm reminded here of Ephesians chapter 2, where it talks in 8 and 9 about how we've been saved by the grace of God. As we have faith in Him and we obey Him, He showers us with the blood of Jesus. But that's not the end of the story. It's actually the beginning. Verse 10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we would walk in them. If you are a child of God, you probably remember at the very beginning that you were pretty rough around the edges. You might still argue that you are, but the truth is you and I have grown, haven't we? Through the experiences that God has led us through, even the challenges that we faced, the kind of diligence that we've had to keep in place, all of that has changed us. The Bible talks about how we're renewed, our minds are conformed into the image of Jesus, and we change. Why? Because God is preparing us for His work. There are things He needs you and me to do. From the most basic of elements, like when Jesus talked about being lights in the world, There are people who will never see heaven unless God positions you to have an effect on them. And I need for you to understand that at the very beginning of our study today, because the process of being prepared is not always pleasant. The trials we face, the sorrows we bear, the pain that we endure, no one enjoys that. And yet all of it represents the things that God needs Christians to face so that he can utilize them to his glory. There's this great song that we sometimes sing around here at the Lindale Church, but I remember singing over and over again as a young person. It's the song about being a sanctuary. And it opens like this, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy, tried and true. Listen, I remember singing that as a young person, and I had no idea what I was saying. I'm asking God to reshape me, to put whatever pressure is needed to change my form so that I can become a house for holiness, so that I can be made more pure. And it says, tried and true. I think we all want to be true without being tried. But that's not the way that it works. And so the first thing I want to say today is you ought to have an attitude that says, God, 
I am facing trials in my life, temptations to sin, difficulties related to sorrow and pain, or just the challenges of the stage that I am in. But if this is what you need me to face in order to prepare me to be a sanctuary for purity and holiness, I am in. That attitude is incredible because there are so many people trying to avoid all of those things. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to feel sorrow. I don't want temptation. But your attitude is, prepare me, God. Because the text in James, right off the bat, James chapter 1, talks to us about our attitude. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you face various trials. Who does that? Who is facing one of the more challenging parts of their entire life right now, maybe even as you're listening, and thinking, I rejoice in this moment? Only someone who knows that they are being prepared to do the work of the Lord. The text in James 1 goes on to say that these trials create endurance and patience, and they create results. The result is you become a different person. You are now a more experienced person. You have lost someone. You have fought some battle. You have made it through a certain age and stage. You stood by God. You can rejoice that you are now prepared to influence people, to help them through, and to testify to what God can do if you trust Him. You weren't ready for that before. You say, well, yes, I was. I did not need to face all of this in order to do that. God says, yes, you did. I am preparing you, and I need you to trust me. That's the attitude we should have when we're facing different trials, tribulation, even persecution for the faith, and certainly temptation to sin. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be praying for relief, If you are sick at this moment, or if you are grieving the loss of a loved one, or whatever you might be facing, or maybe there is some relationship, your marriage, or something else, and it's just so hard right now, go to God in prayer. Say, God, this is heavy and hard, and I don't know what you are doing, but if you would take this away, and there's another way to reshape me, if I can get to where you want me to go, Without this, would you please remove this burden or cup from me? We should do that. That's an important prayer, and God may answer in the affirmative. The Apostle Paul did that in the Second Corinthians letter about the thorn in the flesh that plagued him daily. Yet, as you might remember, he came to understand that that struggle was useful in keeping him from exalting himself and that the Lord had work for Paul to do. Remember, we are his workmanship created to do that work. The Apostle Paul was best prepared to do the work if he faced that thorn in the flesh and lived with it for the rest of his life. How many people would say, well, Paul, if God really loved you, he would remove that from you. Paul said, I will boast For the rest of my life, in the challenge that I am facing, if I trust 
that this is exactly where God needs me to be and exactly what he needs me to face to prepare me to get more people to heaven. That is an awesome attitude, and it's the way we should look at things. Instead of being infuriated with people when they do you wrong, or questioning why God would put you through such things. Your attitude is, Father, if this is the road, prepare me. I'm hoping that this faith-centered, purpose-filled approach will help people, maybe someone who's struggling with cancer yet again, or someone who's just trying to make it through the day. Let me mention one specific story of application here that has certainly been heavy on my heart this last week and maybe yours as well. You might recall that very recently, tornadoes passed through the state of Tennessee. Over two dozen lives were lost. A young family, a man and his wife and their young son, members of the church, lost their lives. I'm not talking today about whether God sent the weather or allowed the weather or if it was just the natural course of life. I don't know any of that. But I know that what I've seen from their family in the days since they have been gone, the call to the goodness of God, the leaning on the support of God's people, the pure confidence of three souls in heaven, I know that those three have gone on to peace. And I know that their family is facing something that I can't even imagine, but I can already tell you that God has prepared them for this through things that they had faced beforehand, and they are already using this moment in their lives to do His incredible work. And I am in awe of them. Here's what happens when you have the right outlook on being prepared by God. You replace things that don't belong with things that do. You replace anger with acceptance. You replace bitterness with peace. You replace doubt with purpose. It doesn't mean that temptations aren't hard. It doesn't mean that trials don't hurt. It means that you accept the concept of discipline because you believe in the outcome God is creating. I'm reminded late in the book of Hebrews, it talks about discipline and how God disciplines his children, but it wasn't talking about punishment for sin, not at all. It was talking about the tribulation and persecution, the revilings of Christians, which God wasn't sending into their lives, but he was allowing it. And what the text is saying is, God is shaping you, discipline, maturing you, preparing you through the persecution from ungodly sources. To me, that takes the power out of the hands of the persecutor or the tempter. You're not in control here. God is working on me, and he's even using your ill intent to do it. That kind of faith is what we're talking about. So in these last few minutes, I want to use a story from the book of Genesis to help with this. If you listen to this program, then you know that I journal every day, the ESM journal that we make available to people. And every day I read a chapter from the Bible and make some notes. 
During the weekdays, it's New Testament letters, so I can get through the whole New Testament every year. And on the weekend, I've been working slowly through the book of Genesis. And so recently, I was reading the story of Joseph. And there are a few things that have occurred to me in this story that I just really need to tell you today. Thinking about Joseph will help you. His story begins, he's 17 years old. He has these dreams about his brothers bowing down to him. And because he's a kid, he tells them those dreams. They sell him into slavery by Judah's suggestion. And he goes through the next 20 plus years And he gets from the age of 17 all the way up to around the age of 40. When it all finishes up, you remember, he is basically like a father to Pharaoh at that point. He has his brothers bowing down before him. So what we saw at 17 in prophecy, we didn't see fulfilled until the age of about 40. And in chapter 50 in verse 20, his brothers are afraid that he's going to kill them. And yet, here's what he says. Joseph says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. Instead of being bitter and angry and wanting payback, he understood that God was preparing him and positioning him through many trials in order that he might save his entire family. I want you to understand that you are important like that. It may be a lifetime of dealing with things, facing them with faith, trusting in God, but he may be positioning you to save your family, to carry out his work, and it doesn't happen in an hour. It may take 23 years or even a lifetime. Let me share with you three things about this story that really stand out for me. And the first one is this. God's plan was a great plan, but it sure did involve a lot of people doing really bad things to Joseph. You could almost go back to his father's partiality and the problems that it caused in their home. But you can certainly pick up at age 17 when his brothers are about to kill him, but instead they decide to sell him where he is taken off towards Egypt, and he ends up in Potiphar's house. Eventually, Potiphar's wife tries to have an affair with him, lies about him, and he gets thrown in jail. He's in jail for a series of years. He finally interprets dreams for the baker and for the cupbearer, and the cupbearer lives, and the dream comes true, and Joseph says, hey, remember me now that I've interpreted your dream and you've been free. But of course, the cupbearer completely forgets or ignores him. Finally, he gets his shot to interpret Pharaoh's dream, and from there, he becomes someone of great power. A lot of people did him wrong, and yet, even through that, it was necessary to get him where God wanted him to go. I don't know what you're facing, or how people are treating you, or what hurts today, but just trust that God is doing something with you that matters, and training can be difficult. Because there are a couple of other things in this story that need to be said as well. The second thing I would tell you is no matter how bad it got, Joseph always found a way to excel. He was sold into Potiphar's house, but before long, God had blessed him, 
and he became second only to Potiphar in that house. Then, of course, he's thrown in jail when he's lied about. But before long, he's second only to the jailer in the jurisdiction that he had, the leadership in the jail itself. Eventually, he comes before Pharaoh, interprets the dream, and he becomes what? Second only to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. No matter what you're dealing with, there is room to float to the top. You don't just say, well, I'm going through something really difficult right now. God is clearly doing something. I think I'll just mull around over here in self-loathing until God is done. No, you don't understand. It's not about the event. It's about you during the event. And Joseph continually excelled. So if this is a difficult season in your life, if you are in a hole or in a jail cell or whatever it might be, consider that Joseph always found a way to let his faith help him become something more in every situation. And then lastly, God's hand was there. Evidence that God was working was found in the very beginning by the dreams that he was given. God gave him those dreams. And then the interpretation of the two dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. And then the ability to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. God was doing this. I don't know how clear that was to Joseph, but God's hand was in the development of his character and his position. This wasn't lost on him because, again, at the end of the story, he said, you may have meant this for evil, brothers, but God meant it for good. Listen, I know it's a bit more subtle these days. God doesn't give us supernatural dreams, but through the supernatural beauty of God's word in your life, the influence of Christian friends, the providential journey you're traveling. Look for God's hand in it all. He is right there beside you, guiding you along the way, and He is always in control. So as we close, would you take those three thoughts with you? I know things don't go well all of the time, and people may intentionally treat you poorly, but it is a part of you becoming who God needs you to be. Remember that in every season and stage of life, it is your ability to float to the top, to excel in those moments that is part of the transformation process. And just keep an eye out for God because He can be seen in the process all along the way and, of course, glorified by the end result. Live with courage and conviction. Speak to God and say, Lord, whatever it takes, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Have great joy in today, knowing that you are being prepared by God. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.